You are listening to a message from Parkway Pentecostal Church. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like more information, you can visit parkway-church.com. Basically, at this point in Scripture, in Deuteronomy, Moses was speaking uh, to the people, and he was getting ready to hand over his leadership at this point to Joshua. Uh, Moses was getting a little old. Um, And he wanted to address the whole nation of Israel. So uh, this was basically, I would call, Moses' final speech. Uh, And he wanted to remind them of their past, where they had come from, where they were now, and what the promises of God, what God had, the covenant that God had made with them. So I'm going to read the scripture, and I apologize because I don't know how to, Jay's all Mr. Techie guy, and I don't know how to put the scripture up on the on there. So, so if you got your Bibles, which is the old-fashioned way of looking it up, uh, Deuteronomy 6, 4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and your gates. That's that one there. So this particular portion of Scripture is actually used a lot um, when teaching uh, about families and the importance of family. But I want to take that, I, I want to look at this a little bit differently today in a way. Um, I want to sort of look at it, um, instead of using the word Israel, I want to use the body of Christ. So instead of when, when it says in the portion of Scripture, hero Israel, I want to say hero body of Christ. Here, Parkway. Um, I, want to see us, I want us all to see together the direction the Lord gives us here when it comes to modeling and mentoring. And that's what I'm speaking on this morning, modeling and mentoring. So it's kind of a little bit um, children's pastory. I hope it's not too bad for you. But, <laughs> but it is about modeling and mentoring, the next generation. What is our part in it? Yes, I am a children's pastor here, and I've worked with junior high, and I've worked with youth. Um, but I'm not speaking to you um, from a, a pastor's perspective, a, a children's pastor's perspective. I'm, I'm speaking to you as a 53-year-old woman. Do I hear a gasp? No. Because <laughs> I gasp when I hear that, actually. Um, yeah. <laughs> I was just like, wow, I've gotten that far. That's amazing. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's, it's like, how can, I, how can I even start with where do I model and mentor? How do I model and mentor? You know, basically, I feel like a failure in my own family sometimes. And then I'm here in the body of Christ, and I'm here at church, and I'm, and I'm supposed to model and mentor for kids here. And it's like, that's a big sort of pill to swallow for me. Because in the past, I, this, is, this is my own feelings, and I'm not saying that this is what everybody feels. I'm just saying what I feel. I have felt in the past, what can I do? I'm too old, you know, especially as I've gotten um, older. And, uh, you know, Paul and I, you know, go way back in terms of ministry um, I became a Christian when I was about 14 years old, and my parents weren't, our, our household was not, you know, I wasn't raised a Christian. Um, I actually helped lead my parents to the Lord. And uh, so, you know, I, I grew up, and I was immediately involved in ministry. I was immediately involved in, um, we had a band that traveled um, uh, for the first part of our marriage, and uh, I, we, we got married when I was 18, and so we, we just, we did the Christian thing. We traveled, we did worship teams, we did everything. You know, but, and then I found that I got, because I was really on demand. I was demanded. I was on demand. I was young. People wanted me for the youth groups. People wanted us to And then all of a sudden, it just seems like there's no value in somebody who's older. That's the way I felt. 
So again, I'm not saying that that's the way everybody felt. I'm just saying that that's the way I felt. Um, but in this particular scripture, there's a really important point that I want, to show, I want you to hear today. And that's that God values generations. He values us at our age. And there's a reason why, you know. And there's a reason. There, there's things that he wants us to do. We look at Moses here. Even when Moses was giving this speech... You know, he was about 120 years old, and basically his ministry didn't end until he died. So if you're still living, you still got a part to play. Because Moses was 120, and he was still kicking it, you know, with his, with his homies there up on the mount. So, so I'm just like, okay, I guess there's still, there's still hope for us. In leaving a legacy of faith, and this is what I really want to talk to and challenge everybody today about, what are we going to hand down to the next generation? And I'm not just going to speak here to parents um, I'm speaking to you as single people in the church that, you know, um, you know, can help other younger people. I'm speaking to you as grandparents. I'm speaking to you as, who, as parents who feel that they've failed. Because I know that for myself, I have six children that we've adopted. Most of you know that. And a good portion of them are not serving the Lord. And so I've felt in my life, what have I done wrong, Lord? What have I done? You know, we've tried to do everything, okay? So, so some of that I'm speaking to today, okay? So um, how are we going to, how are we going to do that? How are we going to leave a legacy of faith? Our role in mentoring and modeling is actually twofold. It's actually when we look at kids and, and youth, we're seeing, first of all, somebody come to accept Christ. And then the second part of that is then walking through that, um, you know, acceptance of Christ into their, you know, adulthood, watching them come into a maturity in Christ over the years. And that's something that I think we tend to miss out on a lot. We, we a lot, oftentimes we'll see kids come into the church, they'll come into kids' programs, they'll come into youth, and then after youth they're gone. They're in college and they don't serve God anymore. And that's a shame. So I want to just kind of break down the, these, uh, this scripture. In verse 4 to 6 it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. So it says, Hear, O Israel, meaning Moses was saying, Listen, this is important. This is very important. The Lord our God is one. Everything is connected to God. It's all about him. There is only one essential truth, and that is our God is God. Right? If we don't start with God, then we end up in the wrong place. So basically what Moses was saying, I want you to pay really close attention to what I'm saying here, Israel. First and foremost, our God is God. Everything is connected to that. Everything we do, that is the foundation of our faith. That is who we are. So this portion, that portion of passage that the Jewish people say over and over again, they say it over and over again to keep themselves aligned with the truth that God is everything to them. God is absolutely everything. So this word is telling us to stay focused and not to shift our priorities. He was telling Jesus, he, um, sorry, Moses was telling the people that. And he was saying, you know, there can be a million and one distractions in life whether you're parenting, whether you're leading, whatever you're doing. And I know that myself, I've gotten caught up in that too, where it's like, you know, and I'm saying that some of these things can be good too. Like you can get caught up in, you know, the whole sex ed curriculum and what's going on there and fight for that. And you can fight for, you know, against abortion and you can fight for all kinds of things. Those things are good and they're, and they're right. But God is saying, keep yourselves aligned. Don't lose your, pri don't let your priorities shift. Remember that I am God, that no matter what, I'm in control, Right? 
and, and that's what matters. So that's why they had it on their doorposts and they had it on their foreheads. I don't know if you've seen pictures of the Jewish people with the little leather boxes on their foreheads and on their forearms because to, to think about that, to keep this arm, this, this arm represented being close to the heart. And then every time they walked in and out of their house, they would see that. They would be reminded. They would be brought into line again that they would know that their priorities couldn't shift, that they had to stay focused on, on what, was really, what, was re- what really mattered, that our God was God. Is our God God? Yeah, so when we're, when we're talking mentoring and modeling, this is really important because we're called to mentor and model from a, a single-minded perspective that our God is God. That's it. Our God is God. We are called to direct everything to Him and who He is. And we can't lose that perspective. So we have to make sure, first of all, that our alignment is right when we're looking at mentoring and modeling. So I know in the past I said, like, as a mom, I've, uh, I've gone down a few many roads that I wish I wouldn't have. And I felt guilty for some of the things that I've said and done, even for, to my kids. And I wish I could have brought myself into that focus and aligned myself more, you know. Because um, I think that we, we take on as a, lot of, a, lot, a lot of us parents and grandparents and you know, who've worked with kids and children, have brought our own up, we, we oftentimes feel guilty for the wrong things that we've done, you know, and um, we have a hard time shaking ourselves out of that. But um, God has more to say about that. So love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. We also see in this scripture here, for the first time, the word love mentioned. So prior to this passage, there are very few, if any, references in the Old Testament that point to a person's expressed love for God, okay? We see, um, we see it uh, mentioned when it comes to um, God loving people and people loving each other, but in terms of um, actually people loving God are directing our, our love back, we've never really seen that in, in Scripture up to this point. So um, the only thing that, and, and this is, is kind of why, because God was getting at, first of all, he started off with aligning yourself, okay? Aligning yourself, making sure your priorities don't shift. I am God, um, you know? And then he goes on to this. And, and basically what he's saying here is he says, the only thing that separates a living faith from a ritualistic orthodoxy is one word, one idea, one compelling force, and that's love. See, Moses was showing us here, he was showing the, Israel, the people of Israel's nation, but God is showing us here as the body of Christ, okay, something. He's connecting the dots here. And it's all about the heart, okay? It's all about the heart. It's about the connection of the commandments transferred, not just as rules and regulations, but as a relationship. Moses was drawing a circle around their entire faith of his people, and it centers on loving God. If you pass down just rules and regulations and practices and don't pass down genuine love for God, we're establishing an empty religion. That's what we're establishing. So this is important because I think that for myself, I've had to look back, and I just challenge you guys to look and, and just, I've, I myself have done this with my kids. Well, we do this because this is what we're supposed to do. These are the rules. It's very important. You know, somehow it's like it's really easy for us to follow those rules. But without, without that relationship with God, without a complete passion for why we do what we do, kids will see right through that. Youth will see right through that. The world will see right through that. And it is an empty religion. So we have to have a passion for God, a love for God. And that's why he puts that in here. 
because he wants us to respond. He wants us to come back. It's not just about the it's not just about the rules and the regulations. It's about loving him. It's about loving him. Um <clears throat> And then in verses 7 to 8, it said, These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children and talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk on the road, and when you lie down, and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your homes and your gates. Moses was speaking here to the entire nation still. He was still speaking here to the entire nation, not just, hey, you parents out there, I want you to do this. I want you to take your kids, and I want you to go walk with them along the road. I want you to talk with them, and I want you to da-da-da. He wasn't just talking. He, again, he was talking to all of Israel. So God is talking to the whole body of Christ here. He's saying, listen up, everybody. You know, these are important things to do, okay? Um, here we, this is where we see that the older generation is of great value and very important because God's asking us to do something as older, as the older generation, older. Makes you older, but who's ever younger sitting next to you makes you older, right? So <laughs> I can guarantee I'm not the oldest one in this room, but I know I have some underneath me, that's for sure. So Moses passed these values along because he knew it would take multiple influences to raise a generation, to keep them focused. So when you're in, this, when you're in church, when you're here, it's like you know when you've got your kids in the back that you can pretty much guarantee that we got your back as parents and grandparents, that we're talking and we're teaching your kids about the word and we're, we're laying it down back there for them. For youth, Mitch is trying his hardest to make sure that he keeps focused and aligned with what he teaches the youth here. So it's really important. Someone once said it takes a village to raise a child. Who's ever heard that expression? I actually think it was Hillary, Hillary Clinton. I'm not sure, but I wouldn't want to quote that because she's not one of my faves. But, um, <laughs> um, but it's kind of true in a way in the faith because it does take a lot of influences to keep us on the straight and narrow sometimes. Who can remember? Let me see a show of hands. Who can remember here? Um, as a child or a youth, somebody who affected your life and that you can remember to this day? A teacher, a Sunday school teacher, it doesn't even matter. Like, I mean, for myself, I remember going in grade nine at St. Clair High School. My teacher didn't know, but he, I didn't, I wasn't a Christian. He gave me the book, The Cross and Switchblade to read. That obviously impacted my life. I became a Christian because of that, and I've served the Lord all these years. You know, I know that there's, there's teachers and mentors in my life that have, have poured in um, we have parents, but some of our kids don't have, some of the kids come to youth and they don't have parents that are serving the Lord. They don't have a family life that they can go home to that might be as comfortable and, as, and more together as some of the other kids that are in the youth group or children's ministry. And so we need to step up and say, you know what, I want to be there for them. I want to be that person who, who stands alongside them and sees them of value, sees the value in them. And that's why we're, we're, it's so important to do what we need to do because God's calling us to do that. So, so who, who has, so you guys raised your hands for the, who, who had uh, remembered somebody. Did you, do you feel that, that those people really impacted your, like they made a difference where you're at today? Can you say that? Yeah, I think so too. I think that for me that was something that I had to look at. Um, so when... Even in terms of just, you know, seeing our own failures and stuff like that as parents or grandparents or, you know, older people in church, leaders, whatever, it's, it's really important to pass those commandments down. But most importantly, it's, it's important for us to pass on our passion for God. 
you know, but how can we even do that when we ourselves feel like we're failures and that we're not, you know, I know that for myself, a lot of people I've heard of, like, don't even want to move out in ministry because, well, I'm not ready yet. You know, I'm not where I want to be, you know, and, and God says, you know, yes, you are, you know me, and you're supposed to just go out and serve, right? But how can we do that? I know as parents and grandparents and stuff like that, how can we, you know, do that when we feel those, like, times in our lives where we feel like we're failures? Well, the answer to that is this, you know, kids need to see us struggle with answers. Kids need to see us facing our weaknesses. Um, They need to see us dealing with our problems. They They need to see us admit when we're wrong. So many times I've gone to my kids and said, I'm sorry. You know, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have said that. They need to see us fight for our marriages. In a world today where relationships really don't mean anything, in a world today where the sex ed curriculum is teaching them that, you know, it's okay, we'll teach you how to break up on, we'll, we'll teach you how to do breakups with relationships because it's not important. It's not important to commit yourself to anybody. You know, if you, whatever feel good, whatever feels good is fine. So our kids need to see us fighting for our marriages and fighting for our relationships and resolving personal conflicts. And yes, we're not perfect in all that. Moses certainly wasn't perfect. You know, when he walked through the wilderness, I mean, he wasn't even going into the promised land because of certain things that he had done right? But in all in all, his, you can probably guarantee that Joshua saw, because Joshua, he mentored, you know, Joshua saw those weaknesses, but he saw the passion that Moses had for God. He saw that it, that's what mattered. He saw Moses bringing himself into alignment with God, and he saw that Moses had a passion, an inward passion. To Moses, it wasn't about the rules and regulations. To Moses, it was about, I love you, God. You are my God, you know, and, and it's like you can do so many things in life. You can, you can sit there and you can say, you know what, um, I, I don't like certain things and I don't like to do certain things, but God is God, right? And he brings things into, and you bring things into alignment and he shows you the way. But most of all, it's important to know that everything that you go through in life, that your kids see you go through in life, it's important to see you bring resolution to those things and to see that you're, you know, you're flawed and that you make mistakes, but you have a God that forgives you and that you walk on. And that's what I think builds character in kids too because they see that. Not everything is easy. You know, not everything is easy and kids need to know that. Sometimes we live, we're in a world too where everything is okay. For like, it's okay to let your kids win everything. You know, um, we don't want any losers here. You know, all that kind of stuff. But it's important for us to, our kids to see that there are things in life that are not easy and there's struggles. But the most important thing that, you know, we deal with even here at the church and stuff like that is watch, is having youth see us walk through that and see of the victories, see the things that we've accomplished, you know, even in terms of when the kids come in and we have worship together. I think that's important to have kids in here for the worship time because we model worship for them. We show them that, you know what, they might have seen us this week doing whatever, and we, were, we had a rough week, but all in all, we get, to our, we get to church on Sundays, we put our hands in the air, and we worship God because our God is God. We keep ourselves aligned with that. So it's, it's really important to, to include kids like that. Are you guys still with me? <laughs> I might not be as flashy as Jay. I don't tell any jokes anyway, not as many as he does anyway, so... But, um, you know, the other thing I wanted to say was even when kids come in, you know, for worship time and stuff, and we start integrating kids, don't be distracted by them. Include them. You know? Show your love to them like Jesus would. Because, you know, Jesus, you know, spoke of that in Scripture where, you know, disciples are like, oh, get the kids out of here, basically. And he's like, no, 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 no. 
you know? And it's like, it's because Jesus knew the importance of family and having kids involved in what was going on and seeing things. You know, I can remember as a kid hearing somebody, or a teenager actually, hearing somebody speak in tongues for the first time, and I'm like, wow, what is that? You know, but also feeling the sense of God's presence. And kids might not be able to express what they're feeling in terms of um, what's going on, but um, they definitely feel something. And I've had kids come to me and start crying and crying and crying, and they're like, I don't know why I'm crying. I'm crying. And I'm like, that's because you're being touched by the Holy Spirit, you know? So kids do, kids do need us. They need us here. You are very important. Kids and youth need you. They need you. We don't need to isolate our children and youth. We need to include them. We need them to see us modeling the, these things every week when we get together. And they need, uh, they need to see us walk our walk and include them. It says in the word here, it says to impress them on your children. The word impress means to affect strongly or favorably, to produce a vivid impression or image. Take what the Lord says here to heart. We need to, as adults, rise up and take the place he has asked us to take. We're not too old. I'm speaking to myself a little bit here, but no matter what age you are, you're not too old, okay? We're not of no value to this generation, obviously. The Lord has a great, great uh, thing for us to do right? The Lord wants us to impress on them the image of God, his character, his faithfulness to all generations, all generations. I was going to start a video series soon, and I think I'm going to call it like hashtag me or something, and I wanted to start doing the youth, uh, videotaping the youth and the kids, and just, you know, individual kids that you guys might not know, because on, at youth on a Friday night, there's a lot of kids that come to youth that you don't, you've never seen here in church. Um, and I thought it was important because I think you guys need to meet them somehow, to get to know them and to be able to connect with them. So my challenge even for you guys this week is to pray for the kids that you might know now in the youth group or kids ministry or even kids that you know, you know yourself personally that are in your circle of family or friends. Um, and not just to pray for them, but, you know, I know that... Uh, to see the value in them. And I know that there's been multiple times in my life where I've seen, I have a couple stories. One of the stories was in the, the uh, course I'm taking now at college, I was reading this book, and in the book he was talking, this guy was talking about how he personally had been mentored by some people. And he remembers when he got baptized for the, you know, and he was, I think he was, said he was like 12. And he said, I remember getting baptized, and then you know how you get dressed and you come back in the sanctuary. And one of the little old ladies came running up to me, and they gave me a card. And in the card there was a $2 bill. We know how old that is if there was a $2 bill in there. Uh, <laughs> and, and basically he said, I looked at it and I thought, oh, well, thanks. You know, like he appreciated it. But the thing, the point that he had was is she saw the value in what he did more than he did himself. You know, and that's, that's some of the things that we can do as we're, when we're stepping out with mentoring and modeling, when we're looking at our own kids and we're looking at our own grandchildren and stuff, see the value in what they do. I can remember at the old church that I was at in Calgary where I was pastoring there, um, as a children's pastor, with the, there was a lady named Miss Lita. And everybody liked Miss Lita because Miss Lita would come around and every, all your kids, she knew every kid's name. And she had a book, a little book that she carried with her. And in that book, it had all their birthdays. And under all their birthdays, it had what kind of cake they liked, what kind of icing, what kind of flavor, whatever, what kind of sprinkles. And every child in that church, she brought a birthday cake to. Every time it was somebody's birthday, 
they got a cake. My kids would wait for that cake. They just thought that was great. And she took the bus. She didn't have a car. So she packed everything up in her little bags, and she came to church, and she gave um, every kid on their birthday a cake. She saw the value in kids, but the kids also saw a complete passion for God that she had. And my kids will never forget that, even those little gestures. And so as we're looking at, um, you know, even the spaghetti. Thank you so much for listening to our message. We would love for you if you came and joined us on a Sunday morning at 10 a.m. right here in Corona. Again, more information, you can visit parkway-church.com.